On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we react to Big Bang Zang laying down the Zang Bang on Joe Joyce. What a performance. We gear up for Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Fight week will be there in Las Vegas and some other hijinks. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, a product of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio. He is the former WBO 140-pound champion, Chris Algieri, on the set of Provox, taking some time to talk with you, the boxing fans at home. Chris, how are you, my friend? Doing, doing great. Ready for another uh, solid week of boxing work. Seriously, man, a lot of boxing. We're gearing up. This is, remember you said, this is fight season. We're in the middle of it, man. We just saw an unbelievable performance from Zilhai Zhang beating uh, Joe Joyce. We'll touch on that. And then we, we obviously have a huge one this weekend out in Las Vegas. Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. Uh, we're heading out there to bring you a ton of content. I cannot wait for that. Uh, big fight. Finally, we have a big fight in the boxing. I feel like we've been missing that big fight in the U.S. There's been a lot of them over in the U.K. There's been some in Dubai and uh saudi and all that but let's have a big fight in vegas uh and i love that so we'll get up to that in a second we'll also play a little factor fiction for you um between ryan garcia and tank davis nice little debate between me and chris uh this past weekend i know you wanted to hop on and talk about this fight uh zeal high zhang with a upset major upset when you are a minus 1100 favorite like joe joyce was this is an upset i know a lot of people said joyce was ripe for the picking uh gets hit more than he lands uh, very slow. It all came <laughs> to a screeching halt for Joe Joyce. All those deficiencies came to show on fight night because he stepped in there with a guy just as big, uh, southpaw with a lot of power and a lot of heart and a lot of drive. That was what Zil Zhang did on Saturday. And we stunned Joe Joyce. What's your initial reactions from this one, Chris? So my, my first two thoughts. One, great job to Zhang. I mean, he's a very talented fighter. I've been high on Zhang for a while now, especially after that Hergovich fight. Um, and he's got big power. He didn't show that his left hand couldn't miss. He's got a really good, sharp, clean check right hook that he didn't even need because all, all the work was done with the left hand. If, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it was the story of the, of the fight for Zhang. He landed that left hand immediately and just did not stop throwing it. I mean, looked like he damaged the nose and the eye of, uh, Joyce pretty much immediately. And then listen, if you get hit that much, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good your chin is. Eventually, stuff's going to go, meaning your bones are going to break. You know, your eye gets shut. Even if you withstand the shots and don't go down, even though he did get rocked a few times, you know, his, his face failed him. And my second thought was, damn you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Because I was not high on Joyce at all until the last fight when he, when he beat Joseph Parker. Joseph yeah. Parker is a very good fighter. Um, and he dominated him. And, and you were I know you were high on him. You know, you and I had a couple debates early, early in the fall of last year about Joe Joyce. And I was like, no, nah, I don't I don't see it. He just looks very awkward. Uh, he throws a lot of punches. Definitely a good athlete, but I don't see the boxing in him. And then he puts in that Parker performance. And I was like, oh, man, OK, well, maybe this guy is for real. Maybe Dan was right. He got me, Dan. <laughs> don't ever listen. <laughs> Moral of the story. Don't ever listen. I actually feel kind of great that I, I, I swayed you, Chris, yeah, former world champion, boxing lifer to change your mind i i honestly i'm taking that as a win 
<laughs> yeah, I'm taking it as a big loss. <laughs> you got to trust your instinct here. But, yeah, I mean, after the Parker win, that was when the, the all the momentum was really yeah. starting to everybody, get aside. Everybody got really high on him. Man. Right, yeah, because it was like, all right, this guy's an anomaly. He, he He's he's a freak. Um, He throws so many punches. He's so slow. He can take all this punishment. He's fun to watch. And, you know, there's like four or five good heavyweights anyway. It's like, all right, even though he's 37, this is some like fresh blood, and he's a really interesting character outside of the ring. It was a lot going for him. And the juggernaut, cool nickname, everything about him was cool. But you cannot look past the defensive stuff. And you know, like you said, you you can't take flush shots. And when you're in there with a guy who's six six two seventy, like Zhang Southpaw, with the, like you said, the check right hook, which wasn't even a factor in this fight, it was the left hand, fifty six percent power, fifty six percent. Like that's insane. Like. Doesn't matter how dense your bones are, or your 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 face is going <laughs> to cave in, and it did. Um, he gave it all he had, Joyce. But it, this is about Zelhai Zhang. I mean, this guy arguably beat Philip Hergovic uh, last year. He had that fight with Jerry Forrest where his kidneys literally failed in the middle of the fight because he says he doesn't like drinking water. <laughs> As Chris yeah, takes a chug that of water, fight was in Miami, by the way, and it was very very hot and humid. There, I was I was at that fight. I was there. That was scary. I mean, that guy. I mean, he probably was on his way to winning far uh, beating Forrest. Not, uh, you know, it's not a huge win, but that would have been a, another win. He gets a draw at Forrest. He gets back into another position. Uh, to fight Hergovic. No one wanted to fight Her- Hergovic. Guys were turning them down left and right. Um, so he has done it the hard way. He's about to turn 40 next year. But the thing we know with heavyweights, it's like you can fight into your 40s. You can fight late because if you still have power, which is the last thing to go on a fighter, uh, you're, you're still dangerous. And Zhang's dangerous. And now he has himself in line for some huge fights, Chris. He is now the WBO mandatory, um, which would belong to Usyk. Uh, the WBA uh, is up next uh, if you go by the whole mandatory nonsense. So Dubois, I think, is fighting Usyk this summer. But that's not going to stop Zhang from getting big fights. He's now like a player. I mean, is anyone going to want to fight this guy? 6'6 six, six with a uh, southpaw? Yeah, and he's also he also can punch. He's not just a big guy. You know, he, he's a big guy who can punch. That's one of the reasons why Joyce ran into so much trouble. But, yeah, I mean, deservedly so. He, he should get a big fight next. He should be a big money fight. The moves that they make next from a managerial strategic standpoint are really important. They need to be careful with this next fight. Uh, you mentioned Hergovic. It's funny. I saw a social media post. He's calling out Zhang. Okay. <laughs> when, do you see the, when do you see the guy you beat? Or you, get, you know, when do you, when do you start seeing a guy calling out the guy he already beat? Even yeah. if it is controversial, it, that's that shows you where Zhang is in terms of his his career progression and really how close he is to being right on the cusp. Because Hergovic is trying to steal that shine. I think um, a couple things here. Hergovic, I know, hired uh, Conley, um, Keith Conley, and a high-powered lawyer. I forgot the guy. It's Canelo's lawyer. I didn't know the guy, but I forgot his name. Um, to actively push to get in line for a Fury fight or a heavyweight title fight, because Hergovic obviously beat Zhang. That was some type of eliminator, too. Um, so they're all jockeying now as the heavyweights are trying to figure out what the hell uh, they're doing. But back to Zhang and his management is Tommy and Terry Lane, the son sons of legendary uh, referee Mills Lane. So I thought that was a cool thing. I mean, Zhang, is, he's right from here, uh, East Coast in Jersey, uh, I'm friends with Tommy and, and Terry. I'm very happy for them because they've done a great job managing Zhang. Uh, they saw something in him years ago, brought him over to New York, New Jersey area. You know, one big fight after the next, one opportunity after the next, and now he bangs open the door, uh, you know, pardon the pun, and now he's in, in line for maybe Joshua, maybe Fury. I mean, he signed with Queensberry. Uh, they obviously have um, Tyson Fury. Fury's looking for a, a dance partner this summer. 
Um, I don't know. I I thought it was risky for Joyce to take this fight with Zhang. I mean, this is the ultimate like you can't like the southpaw with power heavyweight is like the ultimate trap for a heavyweight. Even though I think Zhang will bring in big business because there's like a, you know like the whole China behind him. Yeah, Zhang's also good. I, I was I was watching the fight with my friends on Saturday night, and I'm like, like who, who's gonna win this? I'm like, I mean, Zhang is definitely the better, more crisp fighter. He's also I think he's a better puncher, but you know. The juggernaut's the juggernaut, and, and and it would be really good to have him, you know, fight for some of these big fights. But honestly, now that Zhang has gotten past, I, why not have Zhang fight for you know these 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 title shots with exactly. these big guys? He deserves it, absolutely deserves it. He has all the the talent in the world. He's a true super heavyweight with power, so absolutely he, he deserves a shot. You mentioned the Lane brothers, friends of mine for for, for many many years over in in Reno over there. Yeah. But let's not forget Sean George. Yeah, trainer. Sean George, New York guy. Yep. Uh, you know, who's now training. I, I believe he might actually live part of the time over in China and trains with uh, with Zhang over here. I mean, yeah, the, the guy is doing it, and uh, I'm very happy to see one of New York's own uh, out there getting 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 big spotlights with a with a massive massive opportunity having a heavyweight. So yeah, and you talk about so. Zhang with the opportunities. We're always talking about meritocracy doesn't exist in boxing, but let's have it exist here now. Like obviously, we want to see. Exist. Yeah, right. I, I I am the poster boy for meritocracy in in boxing. You beat the man who's supposed to fight the man, you get to fight the man. That's exactly. I did it three times in a row. So that's that's that is if that's not a meritocracy, I don't know what is. So I want to see Zhang fight the guys that we were wanting to see Joyce fight because Zhang won. I this doesn't Agreed. mean I, I don't want to see Joyce fight some of the other names we still want to see. A loss shouldn't mean that much uh, in boxing these days. So I still want to see Joyce bounce back and fight mm -hmm. maybe like a Dillian White. Or eventually build himself back up and and get one of these bigger guys out there, whether it's you know Fury, a, a Wilder, or a, um, Joshua, whatever. What's next for for Joyce? I mean, would you? There is a rematch clause, as crazy as that sounds, a rematch clause for a a belt that really doesn't mean anything. Um, would you think that he should go right into a rematch with Zhang, or should he maybe take a lighter touch, or should he go right to Dillian White and just forget about this? What should Joe Joyce do next? Well, first and foremost, he's got to he's got to rest and heal. That that facial damage, you don't want to come back too fast on something like that. No, that kind of swelling. No fractures, though, um, according to some reports. But obviously, very bad swelling. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's it, regardless. It's it still need to, um, you need to let that that heal. You need to let your 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 flesh, your skin, your tissue recover from that, even if it's not bone. Um, and that's the thing. You see, guys like certain guys once they start swelling, they tend to swell more often. And once guys get cut, they tend to get cut more often. So mm. you really got to be careful with tissue. And he has some glaring flaws that he needs to work on. I don't see anything changing in an immediate rematch with Zhang. The guy couldn't get away from the left hand, any of them. So where is it? He's going to go to camp and learn how to defend against a, a left hand? Okay, Zhang has a right hand too. What happens when Zhang has to, usually uses that? I think he needs to come back with a um rest first come back with a with a, a a different kind of fight somebody else in front of him get his confidence back make sure he can get through a training camp and his face you know holds up um and address some of those those defensive flaws because unless he can fix those holes i don't see how he's going to beat zang yeah and zang did a great job of like conserving his energy because i think like midway through the third he was starting to huff and puff a little bit because he was mm -hmm. just it was just him teeing off like he was getting tired from just simply throwing punches so he did a good job of, of of collecting himself, using his energy wisely. We're all waiting for that Joe Joyce second wind, uh, but it just never came, and that was because of what uh, Zilhai Zhang did. Uh, so well, that's you and I were texting, and I said, "Listen, at this pace, Zhang is going to run away with it mm -hmm. because because I, I, we had said that if Zhang Zhang tends to 
shoot his load early and will get tired late. And, and Joyce is the exact opposite. So second half of that fight without the face damage, that fight could have been very different. You know, Joyce could have, could have battled back, but he just took so much damage up until that point. It didn't, it didn't matter. Zhang didn't give him a chance to get his, his second win going. That's exciting stuff in heavyweight division. A lot of the fights aren't happening yet, but uh, I just read something. Um, Malik Scott, uh, obviously trainer of Deontay Wilder says these Saudi rumors are true. Uh, there are, he goes, not just us in big fights as in me and Deontay Wilder, but the whole stable, um, or not the whole stable, the whole welterweight division. Here he's, here's what he said. I can say that those rumors are true. Negotiations are going on and big fights are going to be happening. Not just with us, with a lot of the top heavyweights. That's what Malik Scott told IFL TV. Um, he also went on to say Deontay wants to fight. Uh, this is the fight with Anthony Joshua. Uh, this whole side over here wants to fight. We're going to see what AJ does now. The ball's kind of in his court, so we're going to see how this. Uh, he's going to take advantage of it. I don't know if you saw this. AJ, he did tweet that he was back in the gym, and I'm coming back this summer, and then he put out an Instagram story. Joshua had said, I'm back in December, <laughs> um, but it's all part of a bigger plan. And I was like, and my first reaction was like, December? Like, what? what are we doing here? Like, we're waiting that long, end of the year? And then now there are all these rumors that there's going to be this ridiculous super card. And that would kind of go to his whole like point of something bigger down the line is coming. I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, it doesn't always mean it's going to come true. But you know, this Saudi stuff is starting to gain some traction. We're going to have to put some feelers out when we're in Vegas. I mean, this is crazy. When you say this Saudi stuff, you, this is all it is. Moolah. If you're listening, <laughs> and, 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 moolah. And when, Moolah. When 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 this is in, it's it, it, the fights are in, and it, it it will happen. If there's enough money to be made, it it'll be it'll happen. So it's um, the whole putting yeah, it on that, one card is nuts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that, but I don't know if that's that's actually going to happen. But the driving force is is the cash, and there's plenty of it over there. And now that they're interested in in boxing, I think it's going to be a lot more viable to make these big fights happen because. You know, we, we say it all the time. Sometimes these guys price themselves out, but it's not always the guys. The promoters do it too. The networks do it. So, but when you can essentially print money like they can over there, um, yeah, some of these fights become a lot more my a lot more viable. I know I have some pretty strong things to say about Saudi Arabia, but I always said, hey, listen, I'll watch the fights. I mean, if they could put this on, I mean, it's the struggle of every sports fan when you have to deal with some stuff that gets in the way. Struggle of boxing fans in general. We boxing fans put up with so much stuff, so it's like. Obviously, they don't have the best record uh, when it comes to human rights, uh, but it's not going to stop a lot of fans from from tuning in and, and making the fights happen. It's just part of the struggle of being a sports fan and a boxing fan, and the, the fighters get paid, which is great. I mean, you want to see all fighters get the most uh, money they possibly can. So we're heading out to Vegas. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff in Vegas. On the, on the strip, off the strip, right? Yeah, to the left of the strip, to the right of the strip, below the strip. It's going to be like 20-hour workdays. <laughs> yes. I, I, we're going to be bringing a lot of content. You're going to want to be locked to the Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. You're going to want to be locked to our social media, um, John Boy Boxing over on Instagram, Chris's Instagram. Maybe Chris will even tweet. I don't know if you – you don't really check your Twitter too much because I tweeted it out. Um, who's going to Vegas? Drinks on Chris Algieri. Oh, nice. You got a lot of response. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do owe you drinks. So, no, this is I for mean, everyone. I know. I understand that. But uh, let's, so let's you, see who, uh, who let's see who comes and tries to cash in the ticket. Bring that checkbook. Um, Eric, Polsky. we should we should have we should have run a, a, a some kind of promo for that. Like 
a golden ticket. You get a golden ticket. Well, apparently Ontario there is. Buy you drinks. You know, you know. Um, where's that guy? The guy that sells the tickets. Um, on the secondary market. I forgot his name. Uh, Jim Boone. Do you know him? Ko tickets. Uh, I know. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. he says that they're 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 posting up at Wolfgang Puck's. Nice lobby yeah, bar. Yep. Good. Good spot. Yeah, we're going to be out there. So if you're going to be in Vegas, hit us up. We'll try to do a meet and greet and hang out and talk boxing. But um, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with uh, interviews. And I'm going to be appearing on uh, Morning Combat uh, over on Showtime Digital with uh, Brian Campbell. I'm sure you're going to be doing tons of interviews, your favorite thing, when they pull you over to the side and they stick a camera phone in your face. Don't you love that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing media now, so I don't really have a choice. You're a pundit. Um, yeah. I'm excited. This is a, it's finally here. The fight week that we always wanted, uh, the fight that we wanted to see for a long time, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. We're about to talk about it even more. How do you feel now that we're here in fight week? I can't believe it's happening. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's almost surreal. It, it, it feels like it's still far away and it's like right here. <laughs> um, it's just like, it's crazy. Like we're going to be in Vegas in a couple of days, literally in the heat of it. Fight week in Vegas is nothing like fight week in Vegas at a big fight. I'm so pumped. I mean, People at home, hopefully you're going to get a little bit of an inside look through through our social media and our postings to understand what it's like. Um, but it's literally, it's palpable. You, we'll, we'll try and capture it the best we can, <laughs> but um, the rest will have to just come off in, in, in our voices and the way uh, the way we sound, the way we talk about it. But. I got chills, bro. It's really, honestly, the coolest thing. Um, very lucky. I'm never, never, like, ceases to amaze me, like, how big a fight in Vegas could be. And also, like, how lucky I am to go out there and and go to a fight as, as part of my job. So last big fight I was at in Vegas was Fury Wilder uh, 2, uh, which was right before the world shut down. Yep, I was there too. Oh. I was in the room for that one. Yep. Yeah, so that was the last big one. That felt big. This one's definitely going to feel big. Um, as I we- told Top Rank, I was like, uh, I am I know I'm not working. I'm like, I'm coming. I, I get, me, get me a seat. I'm like, I'm flying myself. I'm like, but you need to get me in there. Yeah, Um. Nothing like a Vegas fight night. But let's get to our fact or fiction. Me and Chris debating some of the biggest topics surrounding Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Fact or fiction. Let's have a little bit of fun. So, Dan, I got the first question for you. The winner of this fight will be the face of boxing. Fact or fiction? I am going with fact. And if you take a look around the current landscape of the sport, I would say, who is it right now? Canelo Alvarez, Tyson Fury? But Canelo Alvarez coming off an up-and-down year, had that loss to Bivol, had the fight with uh, Triple G that no one really asked for. He, For the first time in years, there is questions about Canelo. And you look at Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury uh, had that obviously amazing fights with Deontay Wilder, and he follows it up with fighting two retreads, and now he just let an undisputed fight with Usyk go by the wayside. Uh, fans are not too happy with him. It's time for a new face to emerge, and not to mention Spence and Crawford. Let's not even bother uh, bringing them into the equation because they're not fighting each other. So you keep going down the list of of big names and faces of the sport. Ryan Garcia, extremely popular. Tank Davis, extremely popular. This is the fight that mainstream boxing fans are talking about. It's the fight that casual boxing fans are talking about. It's the fight that kids in this office who are neither mainstream or casual boxing fans are asking me about. There's a void right now in the sport. I ultimately still think it's probably Canelo, and it's a very subjective question right here. Who is the face? But I think whoever emerges from this fight, the biggest fight of 2023, it's probably going to come from a knockout. Given their popularity, I believe it's either going to be Ryan Garcia or or Tank Davis as 
the new face of boxing come the day after this fight? Okay. I agree and also disagree because I believe Ryan wins this fight. He becomes the face of boxing. And if Davis wins this fight, he is not the face of boxing. It's just there. A lot of the guys in the office are asking about this fight because of Ryan, not because of Javanta. Javanta is an awesome fighter. We love him here. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I love the way he fights. I'm very excited whenever he fights. I, I give his his um, his resume a lot more credence than a lot of other guys do around me. I, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. And I think he's a lot smarter than people give give him credit for in the ring. But um, yeah, I just don't think he has the same crossover mainstream appeal that Ryan has. Ryan is, if he wins this fight, he's a legitimate superstar. And uh, I mean, it's going to skyrocket him. Cause he really, I mean, look how far he's gotten. He hasn't really fought anybody. He's not a world champion. <clears throat> he has beat very few world champions who really were anywhere near their weight classes. But yeah, it's Javante though. I, I just don't know. I don't think the mainstream fans, not to mention his out of the ring troubles, which are going to come to fruition immediately after the fight that they're going to, that, that is going to be uh, a, a big point of contention. And then plus, May 6th is around the corner. You mentioned Canelo having not a great year, you know, the last year in 2022. Listen, he comes back with a win. He looks, he, and if he looks good or ex- exceptional or sensational the way he normally does against Sean Ryder, he's right back to being the face of boxing. No yeah, questions. I, I think it's like a three way race between Fury, Canelo, and then the winner of this fight. But with, with Tank, He's going to have the most eyeballs on him in any fight, both fighters. This is the yes. biggest fights of, of their of their careers, respectively. And if fans uh, who maybe have not seen Tank fight and the casuals and, and the, the non-boxing fans can see how he fights, and there's a spectacular knockout, I think he goes to the, the top of the list. And it's almost like pound-for-pound pound list. It's like it's like a moment in time, uh, the face of boxing right now. Um, yeah, it's it's a good debate. I mean, Canelo obviously has can can – Rewrite this if he gives us the f- the fight fans the the fights that we want to see, uh, and the heavyweights can obviously take over. But right now there's a void, and I on- honestly think the winner of this fight uh, becomes the new face of boxing. All right, Chris. I, mean, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> boxing boxing needs a face, man. We we always we always need that guy that everybody tunes into and brings fans from the outside in. So, all right, here is the next topic. Ryan Garcia will be weakened by the rehydration clause. Fact or fiction? Well, he's certainly not going to be strengthened by it. Um, I don't like the idea. So there's a lot of the outside. So nuts and bolts, X's and O's. When I look at this fight, I go, this is a really, really good fight. Um, a lot of a lot of what Gervonta does makes me favor him in the fight. And But there are things, the intangibles about Ryan. I mean, the one-punch power, the speed, his ability to step up when he needs to, um, the size difference. All those things are like, man, Ryan... Brian can win this fight and I can see it. It's almost like my head and my heart are fighting when it comes to this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's these out of at, these outside influences that are past just boxing. You know, listen, I'm a boxing guy. I, I, I'm in the ring. But the outside stuff matters too. So the fact that the fight's at 136 bothers me. That makes me think, mm, there's, there's obviously an issue with the weight. It's one pound. So you have a problem making 35, you add one pound to 36. Is that going to be that much easier? Probably not. So you're going to struggle to make the weight. Then there's a rehydration clause of plus of plus ten pounds, which is not much for a guy like Ryan. Ryan's a big dude. He's you know he he hasn't fought thirty five in a couple of years, and for him, I mean, a fight night he's going to be easily fifty five. You know, so plus ten is forty seven. It's forty six rather. So it's not a lot. Having to have to deal with 
the idea that I have to make weight again the next morning Wild. after I've already made weight and struggled is a heavy burden. I've done it with other fighters before. Um, I've never had to do it myself. I, I never fought for the IBF, but uh, IBF has their plus 10 clause. Uh, I have worked with fighters, Daniel Jacobs, who's had to do it. Sullivan Barrera's had to yeah, do but it. Didn't Jacobs so, went over it. He said, frigate, I'll pay the fine. Twice. Twice. Yeah. And and that was that really came to a, a team decision where we said, well, we're not going to make we, – we checked his weight before before we went to sleep. We checked the weight in the morning. We're like, you know what? Listen, we're not going to have to have him cut even a pound. You know, if you're a pound over that 10, I'm like, I'm not going to go sweat him out again. It's the morning of the fight. Let's go win the fight and then go – and then worry about this. It's a stupid clause anyway for the IBF. But this is different. This is This is outside of – uh, governing bodies this is this is literally something that's supposed to be an uh, an anchor to hold ryan down and it is an issue yeah it's definitely an issue i don't know what the fine is if there's a monetary fine i'm sure there has to be some type of fine because they would or sure wouldn't be huge. or wouldn't be a, a clause i mean i don't see how I'm this sure is huge right i don't see how this could potentially uh, not be uh we try to weaken ryan garcia you know tank yeah. fought mario barris at 140 pounds there was no rehydration clause uh, for that fight, at least not publicly. Mario's next fight was at 47 against right. Keith Thurman, and so, he did well. It's so, not like yeah, so I mean, they must Tank's team must look at Ryan Garcia as a threat, or they would not put this in there. It's become a big talking point of this fight. Uh, that's mostly because Ryan Garcia had did bring it up a lot in a lot of interviews, and he he had that tweet where he was kind of just being sarcastic about I can't you know I can only I have so many stipulations in in this contract. But then again, you did sign the contract and you agreed to it. But it does show that Tank's side is taking this fight seriously and is taking Ryan Garcia seriously. What I question for you, you would know better than this is better than me would be it's the ten pounds. Is it the ten pounds right up until the fight? So like. Right before he walks into the ring, they're weighing him again, or when? No, most likely not. Most likely, if it if it's related to like how the IBF did it, it's it's at the morning of the bout. So you have to weigh in. Uh, you get the plus ten, and then normally it's like at eight a.m. the next morning, the morning of the fight. So that's just another reason why with with other fighters, and when we we relinquish us, you wake up at seven a.m. on the fight morning, which we never do. We sleep super late on fight day because we don't fight till midnight. So getting up at seven a.m. does makes zero sense. And then to wake a guy up, and then hey, hey, buddy, jump on the scale, and then be like, <laughs> and tank sleeping. Right, He's yeah, eat, you got tank you're, you're a, This is this is, this is the point. So like your 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 opponent gets to sleep in. Right. You got to wake up, have the anxiety of stepping on a scale, and being like, God damn it, I got to lose a pound. Losing half a pound sucks. So even doing that fight morning, it, it's an issue. So yes, this is this is a, a, a major point of contention, and, and there's a reason it's getting brought up. All right, Dan. Next question. So a win over Garcia would be Tank's best win of his career. Fact or fiction? I think this is a fact, and this is a big point of contention with Tank and his fans and his detractors is his resume. Um, I think his best win is Jose Pedraza. It came in 2017 when Pedraza was still in his prime. He won a world title at 130 pounds, and he beat down Pedraza uh, pretty easily. Um, beyond that, I think it, maybe Leo Santa Cruz comes to mind. Isak Cruz comes to mind, especially with one hand. Uh, but you can poke holes in both of those uh, fights, and um, the resume of, of Tank were there because Leo Santa Cruz was coming up from featherweight. I uh, was a little bit past it. And Isak Cruz, at the time, wasn't known uh, as a commodity in the sport. That being said, Ryan Garcia, I as much as fans want to doubt him, as much as Tank wants to diminish him, this would be his biggest win. Tank David. This would be the number one win, in my opinion, on Tank David's resume. Ryan Garcia, 
He poses a big-time threat. We just talked about the the rehydration clause that they put in there. They wouldn't put in there if they didn't think he was a threat. Uh, in his prime, or right about to be in his prime, and very dangerous. So, yes, I think that should Tank win this fight, uh, when they go to his resume and they and they talk about Tank's resume, they need to start with Ryan Garcia. The contrarian in me wants to fight you and push you back on this, but I'm not going to. I actually I do think this is going to be the big swing of, of, of Tank's career if he is to win. Because, listen, this is the biggest fight of his career up until this point. I mean, it's a ma- it's, this is a massive uh, commercial fight, and uh, that's important. And you know, we, we talk about fighters and their and their legacies and it always comes down to who was there who was their foil right. who was that who was that guy and ryan is that guy for him so yes this this ultimately in in the history books and up until this point is going to be the biggest fight of his career uh biggest win of his career his biggest fight of his career so yeah of course it's going to be his biggest win um i, I am again I, I am not one of those guys who is like really nitpicky about davis's uh pedigree and what he's done and 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 his 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 wins in the past and I think uh, Leo Santa Cruz is a stud. He knocks him out with a, with a highlight reel not, uh, uppercut. Mario Barrios, who's a good fighter, very, very solid guy, goes up two weight classes and, and beats him up and stops him. That guy went 12 with, with Keith Thurman, his next right. fight at 147. Uh, when you look at that, it's a, that's, a, that's an impressive win. But Ryan, because of his outside-of-the-ring commercial success and the fact that he is that dangerous, because he really is, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually uh, agree with that one. That one's a fact. All right, Chris, next question or next topic here. Ryan Garcia is a one-dimensional fighter. Fact or fiction? Fact. The goddamn good dimension. <laughs> That's what I had written down, too. Yeah, he has, he has a, he has a uh, one-dimensional fighter. He's a left hooker. And listen, there's been tons of left hookers in this world, um, in, in this game, that have, that have made it to the highest possible place. Um, and, yeah, uh, what, he is what he is. He's, he is... I mean, he's he's extremely fast. He's a, he's a speed fighter. He's a left hooker. Um, he's a, he's an aggressive guy, and you know he's not a jab or a left hooker. So I'm I'm thinking of the best left hookers that I've I've seen in in, in my life in boxing. Oscar De La Hoya, but Oscar had a killer jab. Yeah, like dropped good guys with jabs, hard, clean jab, and he always went back to it. Felix Trinidad, mm-hmm. amazing left hooker, also had a jab, very front footed fighter. You know, fought off his front foot. Actually, if you look at him, his back foot was like a sprinter. He'd have his heel up in the air, was pushing off that back foot to throw that jab and be heavy on that front foot. A lot of times, left hookers are, are very heavy on that front foot because they got the weight there and that shift for the left hook is there. Um, uh, Jose, uh, sorry, Miguel Cotto. Right. Amazing left hooker. Great body shot. Again, had a jab. He out jabbed Shane Mosley. Shane Mosley was super fast, had a good jab. If you watch that fight, Miguel Cotto out jabbed Shane Mosley in that fight with, with speed and jab. So that's the difference between most hookers and 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 what ryan is um but yeah i mean it doesn't matter that hook dude that thing is a thing of beauty it it's, whizzes it's and one it of, knocks yeah. out good guys at one shot it's one of the better puncher uh better punches in the sport right now Agreed. um yeah he is one dimensional but like i totally agree with you his one dimension is so powerful um it's so dangerous that it almost negates some of the other shortcomings of his game uh and don't bring up his jab to him because he's very sensitive about it. I've received DMs uh, from Ryan Garcia about his jab and, hey, those numbers are off. I use it differently. You know, I put it out there. But he uses it in a different way. He uses it. He almost like he has it out there and it's just sitting there and it's to show his his get range, which he's very good at too. 
Maybe in this fight he uses it more because I certainly think he's going to need to, and I certainly think that Tank is pretty smart to bring that up in the press conferences and whenever they are face-to-face. -face. You know, you're a one-dimensional fighter. All you have is a hook. And I think uh, Ryan has a lot to prove in this fight, a big chip on his shoulder, obviously. Um, I do think he's going to go in there and throw the hook, but maybe he'll show other wrinkles of his game and show you more than just uh, this hook. I agree with Ryan's assessment of his own jab. He's like, well, you know, like, no, I have a jab. It's just a different jab, and it is. And I've, I've said that before. He, he's he's a phenomenal judge of timing and distance, and his jab is just for that. It's a rangefinder. It's not a weapon. He's not using it to, to, to hurt guys. Like I said about Oscar De La Hoya, Oscar hurt guys with his jab. His jab was hard, and the thing came off like a right hand. He's also lefty. But um, Ryan uses it as touch, touch, has it out there, keeps his range because he's super tall and long for the weight class. And then he whips the hook off that beautiful. I mean, his transition from that extended post jab to the left hook is is seamless, and that that's what makes that punch that much more dangerous too. It's almost like it's a range finder, but also a blinder. His jab, it's out there, it's out there, it's out there. It lulls you to sleep, and then whoop, that 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 hook comes, and a lot of guys cannot take it. All right, perfect question for you, Dan. You are the numbers man. Fact or fiction? This fight. Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis, or Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia, however you want to look at it, will do over five hundred thousand pay-per-view buys. You better get Back those. You better get those names right because people get will get on you. No, no, no. Tank is yep. the A side here. Tank is the yep. A side. He is the A side. That's why, that's why I said both. That's yeah. why I said both. Tank is the A side, and yes, fact. This fight will do over 500,000 pay-per-view pods. This has become such a big talking... Even at $80? Even at seven nine ninety nine? Yes. Yes. I do okay. think this is the type of fight people are going to be like, I'm not messing around with the streams. Uh, we'll have a party. It's going to be shown at bars. It's going to be shown at uh, movie theaters. Um, this has become a big talking point in the boxing community. Um, has been for a while, since Mayweather, I would say, where people look at this type of stuff. They want to see... Uh, how many buys it would do. I'm fascinated by it too because it shows the, the health of the sport and it shows um, the commercial success of, of of these fights. If you take a look, Canelo Triple G3 last year in this new era of streaming and this new era of pirating fights still did 500,000 buys. And this was a trilogy fight that really no one asked for. A trilogy fight where no one was giving uh, Golovkin much of a chance. The flip side of that is that it was two established stars Guys that have been on pay-per-view before. Uh, for Ryan Garcia, this is his first ever pay-per-view. For Tank, has done a, a, a bunch. Uh, and he's put up decent numbers um, relevant to what we're seeing these days. Uh, then you look at uh, Fury Wilder 3. That did about 600,000. But that was also uh, a trilogy. And they were coming off of Same two thing, great yeah. fights. And those are big names in, in the sport. I just think also, this... Also, heavy, also heavyweights. Right, in the heavyweights. But it was th still a third fight that no one really wanted to see. It was still a third fight where we're like, wait a second. And was arguably the best one. Right. <laughs> and the second one was such a beatdown, such a one-sided fight. And it came... Um, the third fight came so long after the second one. And that one still did 600,000. So there, there is a market for these pay-per-views if, the if they're big enough names. We talked about the names. Um, but we're going to see if the Ryan Garcia fans which a lot of people say are like, you know, young teenagers, if they're going to translate into pay-per-view buys or if they're going to find a way to stream this fight. Uh, but I think 500K, I think, is the is the median like line here. I thought it could do a million for a while, but I've kind of come off that. But 500, I think anything over 500K, they're going to be pretty happy. Yeah, um, I can't say if it's fact or fiction at this point because I, yeah, I don't really know. You never know. This is, this is a... Uh... 
crazy world we live in now when it comes to pay-per-views. But I, I certainly can see it. I think it actually is going to do really well. Um, I think one of the reasons that they made the price point as high as they, as, as they have is because there is that that pull from the younger audiences that really want to see Ryan. I mean, Ryan is, is I think he is the commercial draw in the fight. And he's the crossover guy where a lot of these YouTubers and all these other kids who now are into boxing want to watch Ryan. They want to see his social media, his TikToks, all that. Like that's drove that's driven people to the sport. And um, and Tank yeah, is a star I, in his own right, though. Absolutely. So he's a he's a boxing star. Right, he's, he's the guy that's out. bringing in like the base of these pay per view buys because he's done pay per views. He sells this ticket. Right. Yeah, boxing people love him. They, right. And like they want to like I'm I'm one of them. Like I'm I want I want to go to Tank Davis fights. Like right. I want to buy seats and buy tickets and go. Like that's that's the kind of fighter that he is. Um, and I think a lot of people are like that too. So you've got both ends, but. Again, I think I think that crossover money is going to be what's going to push it over that 500 limit, or what's really going to make it uh, a commercial success as well as a a actual good fight for for boxing. It's going to do a massive gate. Uh, Stephen Espinoza, Showtime president, is saying that we have never seen ticket requests like this from celebrities and athletes. Something like Mayweather McGregor on that level, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao level. It's a big fight. Everybody, tune in. We'll be there we'll be in there. Las Vegas, April 22nd. Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. All right, so clearly I got the best of Chris in that debate. Um, yeah, 10-9 round for me. Maybe even a 10-8 round for, uh, for me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, a lot of topics. There's a lot of, of stuff swirling around this fight. The rehydration clause, Tank's resume, Ryan Garcia being a one-dimensional fighter. All out to prove there's a lot at stake here. Two different fan bases. Someone's going to be a very unhappy. Uh, one fan base is going to be very happy. Boxing world is going to be torn uh, the night of this fight. Final prediction? Do you want to just wait till Vegas? No, let's just wait till Vegas. It's too, it's too early. It's, too, it's already too early. I mean, there's so much time left. We're early in the week. Whenever you're listening to this, um, I think this is the classic time where obviously my, my brain is saying tank, but something about Ryan Garcia, like this will always happen to me in these big fights where I can, we're almost like 50, 50, even though it's like tanks two to one favorite. Like I'm starting to think more about Ryan Garcia and like how, you might be able to pull this off, but still early. This week is going to be very indicative, though, which is why, again, I don't want to give a, a, a prediction yet because I want to see Ryan. I want to see how he's getting close to the weight. I want mm. to see his energy, his aura. Um, you can tell a lot from from fighters, you know, fight week. I'm lucky enough that I get to work and I get to see uh, a lot of fighter meetings and I get to see fighters as pretty much as close to fight time as you're ever going to see them and ask them questions and speak and look them in the eye. So there's, there's a lot of energy and a lot of aura that you can get off a guy from that. I'm not going to be available for that for this fight, but maybe I'm telling you, fight fight week matters. I'll shoot him a DM and say, hey, can we look into your eyes? Chris is trying to get your aura. <laughs> see, what he says. Well. see what he says. All right, everybody. Um, see you out in Vegas. I uh, can't wait to be out there. Thank you for listening. Always, as always, protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs unless you're DMing Ryan Garcia about his aura. Good night.